0: Sisters, We're here for one reason and one reason alone. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Here's an hour you will never get back. It's the Too Dumb To Quit Podcast with Jeremy McComb. Oh, this is bad. Here we go. The Too Dumb To Quit Podcast starts now. <laughs>
1: Oh, here we are it's a Wednesday, which means I'm two days off this week, uh, not completely by my own doing. I think I was a little I was a little adventurous to say we were going to be posting these on Monday, so I believe we're going to move the podcast to Tuesday. Um, I still would have been a day late, but I got sick this week. Um, yesterday was the first time that I can remember in a really long time that I was just in bed all fucking day. I feel a lot better today, but um, I just got uh, decimated yesterday. And it was after a, a week, a, an incredible weekend. I was out on tour up in North Idaho at uh, our club, Nashville North. We were celebrating our five year anniversary and just had unbelievable couple nights up there. We had um, two capacity crowds. And just a blast. Um, My partner's out at uh, MyPureHempCBD.com. This Robin Lockwood came out. And uh, saw a ton of friends. Kimes Ranch Jeans, the ladies from Kimes Ranch, all came up from Arizona to celebrate. And uh, they actually put a pop-up shop inside of the Honky Tonk and uh, just got rid of a ton of gear. It was awesome. Uh, And they also did their trade their fades uh, drive this week. If you haven't heard of that, pretty cool thing that uh, Kimes Ranch partners with Cotton on, and, and they take denim donations, so your old shitty denim, you know, maybe uh, maybe you just left like an old Kiss concert and found some, some of your old girlfriend's pants in the back, I don't know, I'm just making shit up at this point, but you got old shitty uh, denim, you bring them out, and they turn it into insulation for Habitat for Humanity houses, so pretty cool thing, and a big, big, huge weekend, wasn't getting a lot of sleep, but we had a hell of a lot of fun. And then I got on my flight, uh, and I'm not one of these people where I like I'm like I'm not a germaphobe or anything like that. You know, I just um, I just try to keep my hands clean and shit like that. But we got on the plane in uh, Spokane, uh, Washington. I fell asleep, woke up in Denver, and uh, jumped off and got on the next plane. And we had um, they had a bunch of snow in Denver this weekend, so. They had one of those things where you're kind of sitting on the on the runway out there for about an hour, hour, 20 minutes. And for whatever reason, like, um, the recycled air, which, you know, they're just blowing recycled air on you anyway, but uh, they didn't even have it on. So it just turned it, the whole plane into a fucking, <laughs> like a Petri dish of 180 people or whatever. Um, and it was hot and muggy and sweaty and... Uh, I was literally sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way that in this steel tube of Petri dish germs, I'm not getting fucking sick sitting out here and got home, hung with the family a little bit, uh, Monday night. And I told my wife, I was like, yeah, I feel like I might be, I don't know. I might just be like messing with my mind, you know, just thinking about being on the flight all day. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting sick. She's like, you can't feel it that fast. And. Yesterday, I couldn't even move, so I don't know. Got sick, uh, so take care of yourselves out there. I got a flu shot a couple weeks ago. Um, Those things have seemed to help. I I know that there's so much shit back and forth. You never know what to believe, what not to believe. So um, I don't know if you get your flu shots, but uh, it's worked pretty good for me. And I've stayed pretty healthy, but yesterday I was in bed all damn day, so that's why this one is two days late. Next week, we are going to get back on schedule uh We've got some guests coming up, which I'm excited about. We've got some interesting guests and uh going to be talking about some interesting topics and in industries um and so if you can think of anybody too that it doesn't matter how weird it is, you know um I'm interested to talk to anybody if it's interesting so we have all that coming up, got a lot going on in Nashville right now, the weather's starting to turn, um, Montana's like, yeah, that was us three months ago, North Idaho had snow up there in September, uh, it's starting to cool off here a little bit in Nashville, and uh, rainy day, coming into, uh, I can't believe it's midweek already, Um Getting ready to get back into the studio, finish some vocals on some new music. We've got a bunch of meetings. We've got a bunch of planning to do for um, the 2020 tour. Uh, Thanks to my friends over at the MyPureHempCBD.com. We're going to have a lot of kick-ass stuff on stage uh, with the full band tour next year. So, very excited about it. Lots of stuff coming up. But... uh, Man, just kind of wanted to jump on here today and chat with you guys a little bit about... um, Man, I saw something online. I watched a lot of documentaries and shit. I watched the uh, Joe Rogan podcast talking about uh, this uh, Edward Snowden, the dude who the whistleblower, you know, for like the surveillance thing. And I don't know if you guys have watched that or listened to the story. It seems a little self-important to me. you know, I, I I don't know. The guy talks about a lot of crazy shit in the government. And and uh, I'm just not one of those guys. I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I'm not paranoid. You know, I just try to live a good life and take care of the people around me. But I was looking into, because I'm a Google guy, right? Like, I love Google phones. I Right now I've got the Pixel. I've been waiting for this new Pixel 4 to come out so I could uh, get my hands on it. And uh, if you have a Pixel Four, let me know what you think about it because I've heard some not so great things about it. And I got to get a new phone because I've thrown this uh, Pixel Two XL that I have. I've thrown it around the country for the last uh, two years, so it's it's pretty much trash at this point. So, um, but he was talking about uh you know surveillance and and mobile surveillance and the things that these companies are tracking. And so I started looking in a little bit, you know, without getting too crazy about like what Google watches, you know, because we all use Google so much. Somehow Google just became the internet for me. Like it used to be a page you would go to and now it really just is the internet. You know, it's like you Google everything. um, It's become its own thing now. You know, nobody goes, uh, oh, I don't know how this works. I'm just going to go Yahoo it or I'm going to ask Jeeves. Nobody (laughs) fucking... Nobody's going, oh, why don't you go uh, AOL, search it. Google has become it, you know what I mean? It's like Kleenex. It's actually tissue paper, but nobody says, yeah, hand me a tissue paper. Everybody says, hand me a Kleenex, right? So um, I was looking at Google of how much it owns of my life, you know what I mean? Uh, Between my phone and my Google accounts and now my Gmail and everything on there. And it is a... um, it is a staggering amount of information that they keep on each of us. Even if you have an iPhone, it, um, it Google collects a ton of info, probably more than any of us realize. Um, every YouTube video you watch, every YouTube search you type in, uh, whether you have an iPhone or an Android phone, Google Maps logs everywhere you go. How you get there, when you arrive, what time you leave... Even if you never open the app, it's still running in the background. And it's kind of overwhelming, but it is super staggering. Um, and so I found online um, a little privacy hub, you know, where you can uh, look and see everything that they have collected on you. Um, and navigating the settings are a little confusing, but I, I found a way to get in there. Uh, easier than not. So the best way to do this is if you go to Google and you just bring up Google on the, on the top right. There's your picture, right? Like a little, your little avatar, your Google account. And if you click on it, it'll say Manage your Google account. If you click on that, it's gonna bring up like uh, your privacy and personalization, privacy checkup, security issues, things like that. Um, and if you click on like the privacy and personalization, it'll let you know about um, how you can limit the data that they can check up on you. And this is whether you have an iPhone or a Pixel or whatever. Um, and then if you go to the left, the data and personalization, um, this is kind of the one that freaked me out a little bit, was that uh, it, it, it has tracked everywhere I've ever been on this thing and it shows it on a map even this year uh every coffee shop i've gone to every route i went i mean it literally when you go down um it's a staggering and crazy amount of information of places i've gone what time i go there when i normally get there when i normally leave and that might be just a little more than you know i am comfortable with so you can go in thankfully now and turn these off uh but i didn't I knew that it did. I just didn't really know where it was all at. And to tell you the truth, I was probably a little too lazy because, you know, I, my whole like my house is run by the Alexa thing on Amazon, right? I love it. I love the convenience of it. Now, let me preface that by saying I know that when I get that, I also give up another layer of privacy, right? And I've got friends of mine who go, dude, I can't believe you've got Alexas all through your house, man. And And the thing for me is I'm like, well, I've given up the privacy when I decided to have a smartphone right because i've I've mentioned things and then the things show up in ads um and and stuff like that so the privacy thing on these it's a little difficult to navigate um you know it's everywhere now they've i mean there's can you know look I, I'm not a criminal but Uh, I'm not trying to run away from anybody but you know does it need to track my every movement probably not Um, so if you want to do this go to Google go to the top right click on your name go to manage my Google account and you can just just go through here and take a peek at everything that it keeps an eye on and uh, yeah so that's just my helpful tip for the day if you're tired of uh, of uh, things tracking where you're at or whatever and uh, yeah so, a little Google shit there for you. What else going on over the weekend? Uh, man, I was just traveling and um, uh, I've been, you know, kind of eating, I've uh, been trying to eat healthy on the road. That's pretty tough. So, I, I went in and I got these vitamin packs, like GNC vitamin packs, you know, where you're taking like 14 pills a day. These are the, the size of fucking horse pills, man. And uh, so I've been taking those and trying to stay healthy and uh I still got sick so anyway um yeah so other than that I was talking with my wife today she uh she just went through another uh, audition process it's just a constant thing for them and it makes me so thankful that I'm a musician and not an actor um because it's as a musician, I, you know, I write music and I create it and I put it on a record. And if people like it, don't like it, you know, it's kind of on them. I I don't have to, uh, I don't have to walk in front of people and go, what do you think? You know, because most of the time people that, that don't like my music and shit aren't showing up at my shows. You know what I mean? it's it's mostly <laughs> It's mostly people who enjoy what you do showing up, you know. To be part of your shows, and for actors, they kind of get these these hey oh, hey here's an audition for this here's an audition for that and you go in and you read it and you put yourself out there and maybe the audition doesn't come back the way you wanted to or you don't get the part or whatever, and it's just such a difficult process you know, and um and so it got me to thinking a couple of things you know I got to thinking also about being sick and you know, yesterday feeling a little guilty where I'm like, I'm just not getting shit done, you know, you're just laying in bed and you feel like shit and you feel like you're not doing anything you need to do, uh, because you can't, because you know, you can barely open your eyes. So it brought me back to a thing called the four agreements, right? And the four agreements was kind of me, um, It was me like tiptoeing into this life philosophy that I've been in so far. So this is something that I kept up on my fridge for a good bit. I think it's important. Anything you're doing, you know, to to better yourself, that you look at it every day. Print it out. Write it down. uh, Put it on the screensaver on your phone or, you know, on your laptop or put it on your fridge. Write it down. Write it on your mirror and anything where you can see it every day. Remind yourself of it, you know. Um And uh, so the four agreements was something that was on my fridge, you know, that I looked at pretty much every day. And um, it's really about uh, four pretty easy things to grasp that you can kind of tiptoe in and get a little deeper into. Um, the first one is uh, being impeccable with your word. And that that has many subgenres to it. but something that got me in trouble, it um, is my my wantingness to please everybody, right? And I think so many of us fall into this thing. You want to make your boss happy. You want to make your wife happy. You want to make your best friend happy. You want to make the neighbor down the street who needed help moving a couch happy. And so what you do is you start overextending yourself. And I did. This. My friends of mine can tell you this about me for years. I would do it. I would say yes to everything. Hey, man, can you be uh, over here at 1 o'clock on Friday? Yeah, man, I can do that. Yeah, I'll be there. And then you talk to somebody you know, a couple of days later. Hey, man, on Friday, about 1.45, could you be over here? Yeah, sure. You know what? Yeah, I'll be there. And what you do is you start overextending yourself, right? You start telling people you can do things and that aren't even physically possible. You're going to help one guy move at 1 o'clock. It's going to take you two hours, but you told the other guy you'd be there at one forty-five. So then you end up stressing yourself out And then you end up stressing out the other people when that was the last thing you wanted to do, right? You wanted to help them. But what you ended up doing is you gave yourself a shitload of anxiety because you told a bunch of people you would do some stuff uh, that you can't physically do. You can't be in all those places at the same time. You overextended yourself. So now you've made yourself unhappy for the day because you feel like a piece of shit, right? You want to help your friends, you want to do the right thing by your boss. You want to stay late, but you, your kid's also got class. Or your kid has, you know, you got to go pick him up from soccer practice, but you told your boss you would stay late. So then you're trying to juggle all this shit constantly, and, and it just seeps into your soul. That's when you start to feel your chest tighten up, right? You're starting to fucking lose a little bit of air, a little bit of anxiety starts creeping in. Next thing you know, you know, your are fucking, just your dog barking in the background makes you crazy. You're arguing with people you care about, and it's all based because you told a couple people you'd do some things when it would have been easier and more honest and more helpful to just tell your boss, you know what, I can't stay later than 5 because I have to pick my kid up um, uh, from soccer practice. Or, hey man, I can't help you move the couch because I already told my buddy I'd be at his place at 2 and I know it's going to take a while. But if you need something else, let me know. Maybe I can come over after if I have time. And so it's really being impeccable with your word is speaking with integrity, saying only what you mean, and avoids, avoiding the second part of this, right? So that's that's that there, which is don't overextend yourself. Don't tell people you're going to do shit you can't physically do. Because in, even though good intentions are great, honesty is so much better. If you can be honest with yourself and go, yeah, man, I can do that at two. And then you go, oh, man, fuck, wait a sec. Dude, I'll never make it over there in time. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Maybe I can find you somebody to help you. Maybe if you need to use my truck, you can use my truck. You know, you can find ways to help without overextending yourself Without because it doesn't do anything but fuck you over and it screws over the person that you're trying to help too. The next part of this is avoid using your voice, your word, to speak against yourself or to gossip about others, right? Um, because... Really, our goal is we want to use the power of our words in the direction of truth and love, right? So telling yourself, oh, God, I'm just, I'm just overweight, or oh, fuck, I'm just I'm a lazy asshole, or I just, you know, whatever it is, don't use your own words to speak poorly about yourself because the things you tell yourself become reality. Perception is reality. If you tell yourself you're never going to get it done, you're never going to get it done, then guess what? You're never going to get it fucking done. If you set small, short-term goals where you look at it and you go, you know what, I'm going to get this done by 2.30 today and you give yourself a realistic expectation to that where it's like, look, I might not get the whole house painted today but I'm going to get from the bottom of, you know, the top of the foundation to the the bottom of the windows. I'm going to get that done on one side of this house today by 2 o'clock or whatever it is. Give yourself realistic expectations. Don't use... The power of your voice, it's so powerful. How we look at ourselves, how we speak about things, right? Um, Don't allow yourself to gossip about yourself or about other people because just keeping your eye on your own bobber, keeping your eye on your own paper, you get so much more done. So uh, that's the first of the four agreements with yourself. Be impeccable with your words. Speak with integrity Say only what you mean. Don't use your own word to speak against yourself or gossip about others and shout the good. Use your voice in the direction of truth and love. Talk about things you love. Talk about things that are good and speak your truth, right? Be impeccable with your word. The second thing, this one this gets a little more difficult. Don't take anything personally. <sighs> That's a fucking toughie. Anything others do is because, n- nothing others do is because of you, right? What others say, what others do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream, their own opinions, right? So when you decide, look, man, hey, uh, this person over here fucking hates me, talks shit about you, uh, whatever, their, their perception of you is their problem, Right? You know who you are as a person. You know your character. And so, again, this goes back to being impeccable with your word. Don't talk shit on yourself. And the second, don't take anything personally. Don't, who gives a shit what the person has to say? It doesn't matter. Anything that others say or do is a projection of their own reality and their own opinion. If you're immune to the opinions and the actions of others, you're not a victim of other people, right? You're not a victim uh, not a victim of what other people say, what they think, and eventually that shit goes away. If you don't, if you don't fucking care what somebody says about you, eventually it's, it's not going to do, do them any good to talk about it. So keeping your eyes again on your own Bobber. Don't take anything personally. Don't allow others to impact your day, impact your mood. Sit there and think to yourself, "This person doesn't know me. I know my character. I know who I am as a person. Their beliefs about me, the things that they want to think about me, that's their own problem. Let them deal with it. It's making them unhappy. And it's based upon their own reality that they're unhappy. They're unhappy with themselves about something. So don't take anything personally. The next one, the third of the four agreements with yourself, is don't make assumptions. Okay? you got to find the courage to ask questions. Express what you really want. Communicate. With others and as uh, as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings right this goes back to the first one being impeccable with your word and when you do this, uh, you eliminate sadness and drama from your life this one especially um, when it when it comes down to being important, I think if you just do this one alone can completely change your life and your train of thought don't make assumptions clearly state what you want, clearly ask what it is is, um, you know, is demanded of you in every situation. And, and then it just removes so much bullshit down the line. And then uh, this one, especially for me today, as I've been a little under the weather, and uh, I think each of us have this, uh, the, the last of the four agreements is always do your best. it sounds easy. Um, And I think that also paints this picture of trying to be perfect all the time. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. Uh, It'll be different than when you're healthy as opposed to when you're sick. And under any circumstances, if you just simply do your best, you can avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret, and just know, okay, I did everything I could in that moment to make sure that when I walked away from the situation, I knew that I gave it all. So, The four agreements, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, always do your best. Uh, Easier said than done, I know, but it's a great starting point. And um, I heard a, man, I heard a great thing um, going back through some George Carlin yesterday that uh, I'm going to leave you with as we get off this thing. But before I do, I'm going to jump back here to my um, ego is the enemy and, and there's a part in here that the effort is enough um, is the chapter. It's another Ryan Holiday thing. He just came out with a new book too. I think it's called "Stillness is the Key." But um, you know, there, there's a line in a Matchbox 20 song that says, "Sometimes you can do your best and, and it's still and still lose, you know, or it's something to that effect. And um, in life, there's going to be times when we do everything right even perfectly, and the results will somehow be negative. Failure, disrespect, jealousy, or even just a big no from the world, you know, when you feel like you gave everything you had. And depending what motivates you, this response can just be uh, crushing. So if you allow your ego to hold sway, um, then... uh, then, when you feel like, oh, you didn't get the appreciation you deserved, this is going to be a big, crushing blow. And uh, the big thing you got to remember is you can't control whether the things you do or the work that you put in are appreciated, whether, um, you know, people stand and applaud it. You can't control um, whether, you know, someone treats you well. Or, or accepts what you do. You know, you go out and you write a song and you think it's a great song to play it for somebody. They think it's dog shit. You know, it's their opinion. And if you base how you feel about that song on how they react to the song, then it's totally out of your control, right? And uh, with all of our goals and the pursuit of it, um, you know, we have to be able to be willing to work hard for something that you know, um, your in your ego's mind can be taken away from you. You know, you're gonna be investing time and energy into something that the outcome is not guaranteed. You know, the music business, starting your own business, running a business. You never know month to month how how something's gonna go. You never know with your goals, with your choices that you're making, you know? And I think with the right motives, uh, we're willing to push on, push through the hard shit, you know, and the ego is not. That's the the one thing you're going to hear me talk about a lot on here is just removing the ego and uh, realizing we only have minimal control over the rewards that we get out of our work and effort. So whether it's uh, other people's validation, recognition, awards, rewards, what are you going to do? You're just not going to do it because somebody might not stand up and applaud or you're not going to be kind. You're not going to work hard. You're not going to produce. Because there's a chance that uh it might not be reciprocated, that would be uh that would be a huge waste of our time and efforts. So what you have to do is you have to make the work itself sufficient so if if you you know if if uh, if you've got a full workload and your goal for the day is, look, I'm just going to get this done. And I'm going to do my best on it and get it turned in. And, and regardless of the praise it, it gets, the work is going to be enough. So the less attached we are to the outcomes, the better. If you are auditioning for a TV show, you have to make the audition what matters. You have to make that the, the payoff. And then as you walk away from the audition, you have to kind of leave it at that. Now, if something comes of it, great. If it doesn't, it's not your self-worth on the line. And uh, this is easier said than done again. But when we fulfill our own standards, that's what fills us up with pride and um, and self-respect. You know, when the effort is is what the payoff is, not the results, good or bad, the effort is enough. So with ego, this is never going to be enough, right? So we need to recognize, we need to... Make sure we get rid of the ego because ego has to be recognized. It has to be compensated. It has to get a standing ovation. You know, when we're praised, when we get paid, when we start to assume that all those things go together—the effort—and then comes the praise. So you get uh, what Ryan Holiday calls the uh, expectation hangover. You know, and um, there was a uh, there was a great story about this old philosopher. Uh, In in allegedly, Alexander the Great had approached this uh, Diogenes, I think is his name, and stood over him. You know, he being the most powerful man in the world, and and he asked what he could do for this super poor man who was laying in the grass. And anything that he would request would be his because he was Alexander the Great, and he was going to give him this. And uh, he said, you know, ask anything. And he requested, uh, as he looked up at Alexander the Great, he said, "Stop blocking my son." (laughs) <laughs> so that's it don't allow people to block your son don't allow people to take away uh, the, uh, the feeling of the effort being enough the effort that you put in the work that you put in is enough make that the payoff take control of your life and stop allowing other people's perceptions and opinions to control your life so that being said um, you know I've had a huge problem with authority throughout most of my life <laughs> I was, uh, you know, dropped out in ninth grade. Started playing music uh, to do my own thing. Never have been good on the authority thing, you know, and, uh, and never found the place that I fit in. And I realized I was listening to this George Carlin bit and, uh, about not giving a shit. And I think it's really important to get what you want. Again, not giving a shit, meaning uh, not that you don't care, But you care about the things that are within your control. And the things that are outside of your control, uh, you lay it to waste. Fuck it. So I'm going to leave you with George Carlin, the late, great uh, man right here talking to you about not giving a shit. Thanks for listening to the Too Dumb to Quit podcast. And uh, so these are going to start dropping every week on Tuesdays, not Mondays, not Wednesdays, not Thursday, like today. Uh, And I think I said Wednesday earlier. But uh, Tuesdays. By uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. So make sure that you're tuning in. Tell your friends if you're enjoying it. It's the Too Dumb to Quit podcast. Here's George Carlin uh, with the best advice I've ever heard.
0: I was a victim of my own success. And I did some Ed Sullivan's I hate. On those Ed Sullivan shows, I began to realize, uh, not just there, everywhere, all these shows, I didn't fit. And here's what I was missing. I was missing who I was. I began with a dream of being Danny Kay, which is a very mainstream dream. It's very middle America. It's a people pleaser job. And I dreamed a path that was traditional. Comedian, uh, disc jockey, comedian, actor, big success, a mainstream dream. Meanwhile, what I really was, was an outlaw and a rebel because I had lived that kind of life. I got kicked out of three different schools. I got kicked out of the Air Force. I got kicked out of the choir. I got kicked out of the altar boys. I got kicked out of summer camp. I got kicked out of the Boy Scouts. And I quit school at ninth grade. I had great marks. I was a smart kid, but I didn't care. They weren't teaching what I want. I didn't give a shit. It's important in life if you don't give a shit. It can help you a lot. So I didn't give a shit. And I was this kind of, I was a pot smoker when I was 13. We broke the law, we broke into cars, we broke into offices, we broke into Columbia University, we broke into stores, we did all sorts of unlawful things. And I was that kind of person. I was one who swam against the tide of what is expected and what, is, uh, what the establishment wants from us. But I didn't know that about myself, because this dream blinded me. This dream was about America, about the path that we all follow, the middle of the road, middle class, America, mainstream, we'll dream. And and meanwhile, I'm sitting there like this, you know, fuck those people, fuck that shit, look at this stupid shit. No, I don't want to be in the bunny number. Can I get out of the bunny number, please? I don't want to put on that (laughs) fucking uniform. You know, and, and, and I didn't know this dissonance was inside me, and... In the period this is happening, all through the 60s, the counterculture was forming. The free speech movement started in Berkeley. The hippies were growing into a force, and peace, love, power, love, flower power, pot smoking, anti-authority. See, ding, 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 anti-authority. Throw over the establishment, burn down the math building. Wow, ding, 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 ding. So I gravitated toward that because I was that person really. And, and the people I hung around with were that way. The, the musicians I knew in the late 50s had gone through that transition. Suddenly they looked different, and their music changed. And I'm listening to people like the Buffalo Springfield. I'm listening to Bob Dylan. I'm listening to these people, and I realize these artists are using their talent to project their feelings and ideas, not just please people. And I suddenly was able to see my place and to realize I was in the wrong place. You see, in 1967, the Summer of Love, the peak of the hippie movement, I was 30. I was entertaining people in nightclubs who were 40. And they were at war with their kids who were 20. There was a generation war. I was in the middle of it. I was 30, 20, 40. And I'm going, I am said, what the fuck am I doing over here? These are the people that will at least understand me and give me a chance. So it took two years, I didn't go to the mountain and come back different. I didn't do a Bobby Darin, I didn't do a whatever you, those people who just go away and they're back new suddenly. I took two years to change and it happened on television. So it was, it, I, had, I had denied that part of myself and finally it came into full flower. And I never became a really big success until that. Mm-hmm. I probably had uh, 200 television appearances by that time. And I still wasn't realized. as a a writer, comedian, as a comedian. By that I mean I hadn't let myself grow into that. And and I found out later I, I was more than just a comedian.